Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 10 of Season 5 of Over a Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee airway through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off Week 2 is Josh Horowitz. Welcome, Josh. Well, hello there. Why don't you tell people what, what happens in Minute 10? Where, where does Minute uh, 10 begin and end? Time, we're, we're, we're still talking Die Hard 2. Uh, minute 10 starts with a bunch of grinning henchmen and ends with said henchman picking up a gift package. Mm-hmm. Sounds very mysterious. What could it be? We'll have to wait and find out what, what happens there, how that works. Mm-hmm. So yesterday we, we ended things with, uh, you know, Garber, Cochran, and, and uh, Miller uh, drinking beer or pretending to drink beer at least. Uh, sitting at the bar. Get, uh, right. Miller drinking other... Miller, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. And giving giving an update on what's going on. And we ended things yesterday with Garber just saying the word God. And now we get the mm. full thing where he goes, God loves the infantry. Amen. Ah. <laughs> so he gets to finish his thought on that one. I mean, it happens to be a great line. God loves the infantry. You know, meaning that... Mm. that you know, we, we're, we're glad that there's bad weather. Now, I mean, if you look at their whole plan of what they want to do, I don't know if bad weather is really a good thing for them because they do want, you know, Esperanza's plane to land. <laughs> but, mm. okay, <laughs> we'll give it to them. Well, they, 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 they want it to, you know, be in difficult circumstances for people yes. to stop them, I guess. That's right. I guess so. That's true. And then uh, Miller responds by saying, amen. And then Garber turns to, to both Miller and Cochran and goes, carry out your assignments. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just strange the way that, you know, they're still giving these type of, they're giving it an order. Like, you know, he's, you know, he's, he, they're, they're still in military mode, I guess you can say, even though they're sitting there pretending to drink beers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and then well, once a soldier, always a soldier. I apparently. Guess. Yeah. And then we see a shot of uh, Cochrane's uh, watch, but it's upside down and we can actually see what time it says on it. Okay. Mm. It, it says that it is 3.51. And then we see a shot of Garber's watch. We see it's the exact same watch. I wasn't able to, to make out what the make is of the watch, uh, but it, mm-hmm. it looks very similar. But, you know, and it also shows that it is 3.51. But my my biggest question is, is why are they still using analog watches? You know, if they want to, oh, because that that makes it so when you synchronize watches, it's more dramatic. Oh, okay, but that that's the only reason that you would do that. <laughs> it's that's I would a think critical that it, part of the plan. You synchronize watches. I mean, God forbid if one of the watches was off, you know, or or even worse, what if one of them had forgotten to switch from daylight saving time? Uh, yeah, that could be a big problem. Well, again, it's oh December. So, you know, <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> mm. it, it reminds me of, you know, you've ever heard, heard of the Darwin Awards? Oh, yes. Okay. So one of the years, the, the, I guess the person who quote unquote won the Darwin Award were terrorists that uh, mm. blew themselves up an hour before, uh, before they were in a populated area when they were on their way to to the area because they didn't change their clocks to daylight savings. Ah, they you didn't know. synchronize their, you, you see, <laughs> there you go. So You're right. there's something there. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so. you know, I, I actually, I knew somebody 
or I, I still know them, uh, who who won an honorary Darwin Award. Um, I, well, didn't because, actually because win the full die. award because he's still alive. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But he, <laughs> he did something that uh, that uh, was not the smartest. Uh, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with Die Hard, but I, I can relay the story at least. Uh, apparently, uh, he was – I don't know if he was actually in college at the time or – or something like that, but he was he was very much into science, and I guess they were demonstrating uh, some way that you could actually take liquid nitrogen and you could put it in your mouth and be able to not suffer ill effects if you do something right. And uh, this person that I knew had gotten it in his mind that he could actually swallow liquid nitrogen, and if you do it in the right way, that there will be no ill effects. And so... With his confidence and his knowledge, he decided to show that he could do this. And so he took liquid nitrogen and he put it in his mouth and he truly did swallow. And then about a second later, he collapsed. And so did his lungs. What a surprise. And, and he, uh, he was quickly taken to the hospital where he had extensive damage, I guess, to his lungs. You know, they had collapsed and, you know, had to be reinflated and stuff. And, you know, he went through... Uh, you know, a lot of uh, re rehab after that, but but he he lived to tell the tale, and uh, yeah, I, I I met him when I was in my college days. I remember later and and hearing this story, uh, and if you go well, on you to knew the him Darwin before or after website, this happened, after after after. Oh, you only met him afterwards. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and supposedly. Uh, you know, there, I know that it's it's up there on the Darwin Awards site. There were some people who claimed that, oh, no, this couldn't have happened because of X, Y, and Z. But, I mean, I, I met the guy who it happened oh, wow. to. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I think crazy is a good word there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most people who make it on the Darwin Awards are fit into that category. Mm. And then they decide to uh, synchronize their watches. And then Garber says, 1551, mark, check. And we see them, you know, all dramatically synchronizing their watches there, which is uh, pretty funny. So this goes back to what we were talking about earlier this week, where, you know, we were talking about when sunset is. And, you know, sunset is an mm. hour after this. Now, I find it really interesting that sunset on that day was at 1651 instead of 1551. You know, ah. it's exactly an hour later. You know, so the, the fact that the 51 lines up with both of them was really interesting. But... You know, if it, it, you know, I guess, I guess according to them, at least it's not dark yet, even though there are points in the movie beforehand, as we discussed earlier this week, where it looks like it's already dusk or even, uh, you know, twilight, I guess you can say. So mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> not really sure about that one. And then yeah, uh, film continuity. Yeah, it's true. And then Miller, uh, you know, gets up from the table and leaves and says later. And then they respond, adios. <laughs> and then we, we get a shot of the table and we can see three beer mugs there that are all half full. Yeah. And we see and three bottles of, three bottles of light beer. And then Miller reaches down to, to pick up the package that's on the ground. And then, uh, you know, he starts walking away and he walks past John, who's lighting up a cigarette while he's sitting in the bar. Uh, back where the days when people could smoke anywhere, right? Yeah, I'm not. I don't I'm not it. saying that. I'm not saying that in a nice way. 
you know, I still have problems with people are smoking in places they shouldn't. And I, I said, can you maybe, you know, put that out or whatever? And they're like, why does it bother you? Yeah, I, don't, I don't like those type of response. But, oh, well. <laughs> and and then, I mean, it's a great transition shot because, you know, we see Miller walking past John. And then we see John's eyes look back over to where Miller was. You know, he sees Cochran and and Garber. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he looks over and he sees them. And he's watching them. And then we see two policemen show up. You know, they come come into the bar. And we hear one of them uh, say out loud, hey, it's cold out there, man. I stopped my feet for five minutes. And the other one says, two cappuccinos, make it fast. So as this is happening, we see that Cochran removes the earpiece from from his ear where he was listening about the the weather. Cochran puts it away. And then we see that, you know, the camera then pans down and we see Garber nudging a package with his foot towards where Cochran is sitting. Right, doesn't want the cops to notice it. That's right. And as Garber is doing that, we see his eyes shifting around, you know, looking around to see who's looking at them. And then they give us a shot of John looking at them suspiciously. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the the cops go to to get their uh, cappuccinos. Now, if you you watch it slowly, you can see who the cops are. But we're going to wait until Monday to tell people who who they are, or at least who one of them is. You know, if you're paying attention, if you're paying attention, you'll... You'll, you'll know who it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's, there, there's a guy that really stands out that's next to the cops that's wearing this, like, really, really loud shirt with a Redskins hat and, like, glasses that looks totally out of place there. Yeah. Oh, I see here, the Paisley shirt. Yes. Now, I mean, wow. for me, the surprising thing is if this was filmed in LAX, so, you know, the guy knew that he was supposed to be taking – that this takes place in – in uh in Washington, so he knew to put on a Redskins stuff. Mm. <laughs> so that 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 works also. Really or well. or as they call it today, the Washington Football Club. Or no no no, they gave it a new name, didn't they? They did give them a new name, yeah. That's uh well, what are they like the defenders or the the I, something like that. that. Yeah, they they yeah. I don't know. I'm I, I have a little bit of a problem with the fact that they keep changing sports names. You know, I saw that like the <laughs> What what what's the Cleveland Club now known as? I don't even know. Like the, I don't know the Gladiators, <laughs> the baseball team. They're not. They they're not the Indians anymore. Oh, they're something else. Oh right. Yeah. No. They they they, they keep doing that. I, I saw I saw the, I saw that there was like a game like the Yankees were playing the Cleveland something, and I was like, huh? the Guardians. Who are they? Guardians. Cleveland That's Guardians. Right. Yeah. The Guardians. I was like, who the hell are the Guardians? <laughs> you know. And and what the Washington team is known as the. Washington Commanders. That is a cool name, though. I like that better. It's a cool name, but, you know, I don't know. It's uh, they're, they're all tainted now. <laughs> the <laughs> names are tainted because they've been changed to protect the innocent, mm. you know, or to protect the non-innocent or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And, and then we get another shot of John looking over at both Garber and Cochran. As Garber then uh, bends down, they, they actually move over and Cochran picks up the, the, the package that's below him. So it's it's all very suspicious looking. And it's a good thing that John is bored and doesn't have anything to do before Holly gets in so that he's able mm-hmm. to actually see these things. Because otherwise, you know, how would he know? And you notice that the gifts are wrapped in a very evil, dark color? Yes. 
they're they're not bright uh, brightly colored like you would think yeah you know yeah, did you, you notice give that... an evil gift you you use that color that's right <laughs> did you notice that on all the little tables in the bar there are like these red flowers that look really strange hmm. you know that don't really fit in oh yeah with... yeah they're they're probably fake <laughs> i i would hope so because they don't really fit in with the the winter uh, feel but the NAN, this is LA, so they could be, they could be real. Who knows? <laughs> uh, who knows? And uh, that that's pretty much how this minute ends. You know, as the 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 package is being picked up. So, is, is there anything else you want to say about the uh, minute before we well, get into the script? Do you think that uh, you know John is is mistrustful of them because of all that Miller light that happens to be uh, on that table? That that wasn't Trump, you mean? <laughs> You're seeing the leftover Miller Lite or the fact that they're drinking Miller Lite? Just, just the fact that they have so many bottles of Miller Lite that's up there. And the <laughs> fact that it's Miller Lite. I mean, you know, yeah. is he thinking that's it? Shenanigans are coming? It could be. <laughs> that's very possible. That's pretty much all I got for this. Okay. So the the script, again, has a few little changes. Nothing uh, nothing drastic, but there's a few changes in, in the dialogue. So Garber then says, carry out your assignments. We'll regroup at Field HQ, and then they, they set their watches, and it does say 351 for them to do it. Then it mm-hmm. says, it says a beat after Miller's exit. Two airport cops in snowflake jackets come into the bar. Seeing them, the bartender is already pouring coffee for them. But Garber and Cochran also see the cops, and very casually, Cochran pulls the earplug from his ear. Equally casually, Garber uses his foot to slide the two long Christmas packages at his feet under the table. Uh, this gets uh, McLean's attention. His eyes narrow. He looks from the two ordinary-looking men towards the airport cops, wondering why they got, got fidgety. Now he watches Garber and Cochran, who looks at his watch, signals Cochran. Both rise. But as Cochran bends to pick up his wrapped package, and as he moves, something dangles inside his jacket. Is it a holster? Ah. So that we don't see here. We don't get to see any any holster, hmm. which which would have been interesting, you know, that he saw it. Um hmm. You know, maybe maybe on Monday we'll be able to see that there is one. I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. That that's my guess. Mm-hmm. But I, I I like the way that they they describe things here. You know that they they describe that everyone is more cute to what's going on around them. Mm. You know, be I wonder if a lot of that comes from the fact that this was a novel originally it had nothing yes. to do with Die Hard. No, but they they had a lot of good material to draw from. I guess in that novel. Have have you had a chance to uh, to read it? it was I, I read minutes. I read here. 58 minutes by Walter Ra- yeah. Wager back uh-huh. when when it came out when it came out in 1990. Uh-huh. Before I don't remember mm-hmm. who it was before I saw the movie or after I saw the movie. Um, I have not been able to get a copy of it because the only copies I can find are like you know collectors items because it's uh-huh. so rare that I haven't been able hmm. to find a copy. I've I've really tried hard, but uh, no. So I, the only thing I remember is is that in 58 minutes the the characters, uh, which obviously it's not John McClane, his wife's plane is supposed to land in 58 minutes, and that terrorists uh-huh. take over the airport. How it happens and what uh-huh. it happens, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I probably should try and find a like a, a, a digital synopsis. copy out there somewhere. No, I haven't been able to find a digital copy either. I really tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found a whole bunch mm-hmm. of. Of like fake digital copies, which didn't help me. Oh. You know, I, I I almost spent money on fake. Di- I, maybe maybe there's one that I yeah there's one that I actually paid for and then I uh, you know 
quickly got rid of it because I saw that it wasn't it. Oh, I'll have to check out at the L.A. Public Library, see if there's a copy floating around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been able to. I mean, if you if if you go into Wikipedia, you can get uh, a little bit of an outline of it. Here, I'll give you the quick uh, uh, paragraph that it has here. It says Frank Malone is a divorced uh, NYPD captain who is waiting at JFK in New York City for his young daughter to arrive from California as he's going to spend Christmas with her. Unfortunately, a mysterious man known as Number One, uh, I guess it's uh, you know from from Star Trek, maybe maybe it's uh, Riker. Number One. Number One. <laughs> A mysterious man known as Number One calls the control tower and tells the crew of the airport that he has cut the power to the runway lights of JFK and every airport in the vicinity and has hijacked their equipment, leaving them with only 58 minutes to meet their demands until the first plane, which carries Frank's daughter, runs out of fuel and crashes. With a massive blizzard coming in, the planes have nowhere else to go. Frank must jump into action and save his daughter and the passengers of the other planes, which are all circling overhead within 58 minutes. So oh. now, did, again, did you I, say this was by Walter Wag, Wagger? Or Walter Wager? Wager, Wager Wagger. All right. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what. I, I'm going to check out a copy from the L.A. Public Library. I will hold it for you for the next time you come to Los Angeles. <laughs> I don't think I don't think this. that's going to happen for you. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you I'll just photocopy every I'll, page? I'll give it a read. <laughs> yeah. Photocopy okay. every page. I, for I me. put a hold on it. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, you put a hold on it because someone else is already using it. Yeah, I guess yeah. Somebody or no, it's at a different branch. They'll they'll send it to my North Hollywood oh, okay. branch pretty soon. Okay, well enjoy <laughs> and 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 keep me posted as to what you think of it. Yes. Okay. All right. So every Friday we have a segment called "Where Are They Up to This Weekend," which I'm sure Josh has been wondering all week, if not longer. Um, what does that mean? What what am I gonna what am I gonna throw at Josh to surprise him with? Okay, oh and boy. the answer is this. I decided that I'm gonna we're we're gonna check in on on the two movies that that Josh did minute by minute to find out where they are up to between minutes ten and eleven. So we're oh. gonna we're gonna we're gonna oh, check yeah. we're gonna check Josh's memory to see if he knows you know approximately <laughs> where things are. So let's oh. let's start with Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, do you have uh-huh. any idea what's going on between minutes ten and eleven? Again, I'll give you a little bit of leeway. Yeah, okay. Let's see. 10 and 11. I'm going to guess that we are – if we're not in the alley at this point, we're pretty close, or we're at the airport where Jack and Wang are uh, trying to get Miao Yin back from the from the uh, the Lords of Death. All right. I will, I will give you credit for that. You They are at the airport. Okay. The, at the, the, airport. Plane, the plane arrives at the airport. We see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jack, he, and he's told that he he's looking for a green-eyed woman. Yes, girl with green eyes. That's right. And he walks over to a different woman, <laughs> thinking that maybe it's her. And mm. did, and that that that's Kim Cattrall, right? That is Kim Cattrall. Kim yes, Cattrall. as Gracie yeah. Law. There you go. All right, that's the first one. So Buckaroo Banzai. Mm. Where, mm. where, where do you think they are there between minutes ten and eleven? Yeah, uh, I see. Now there's there's two versions of Buckaroo Banzai. If you're talking about the one where we have that alternate uh, opening, that's like another two or three minutes that we add on. Okay, this is the but, version uh, that the version I checked has 142 minutes in it. Oh, sorry, has it's okay. it's an hour and 42 minutes. Excuse me. 
Okay, then it's it's probably the regular version. So uh, let's see, ten minutes in, um, we are probably if we haven't gone through the mountain, we're pretty close to that point. We are going through the mountain. There you go. We're going through the mountain. Okay. We are going is. through the mountain, which is great special effects. It was very it was very interesting watching the whole thing going through the mountain. Yeah, that 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 was I, I believe that was CG. There that was like early CG that they were using for that sequence. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. So I'm 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 very impressed that you, that uh, that you were able to 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 figure out where those movies are. So yeah. Well, so now those, we know where they are up I know to this weekend. Well. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. again, I'm I'm trying to. I'm not I'm not asking you to try and guess something that you have no clue about. So you know, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to see how good your your uh, your memory is on those movies. Yeah, still, still got it. <laughs> there you go. Great. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. So, Josh, for one last time, do you want to tell people how they can find Josh Horowitz? Sure. You can find Josh Horowitz on joshhorowitz.com. I've got all my great demo reels on there and samples of some of the audiobooks that I've done. Uh, as well as a listing of all the different Movies by Minutes podcasts that I've either been a guest on or I've co-hosted. And I'll be sure to be adding this one as well. Uh, there you go. The last one that I did was, uh, uh, that was the Silverado Minute. That was a, a collaboration uh, with my fellow co-host Brett Stillo, uh, where we discussed the movie Silverado one minute at a time. And they got well, a whole you, bunch you of Movies about by five Minutes hosts to do. <laughs> Well, norm normally we do five minutes, yeah. But for yeah. that one, we had to do one minute. It was like a total mind shift. As it is, you know, talking about this one minute is just—I I don't know. <laughs> just no. What I meant is, is that you did five episodes of a minute each. That—that's what I meant. You still did five minutes. Five. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> but not five minutes at a time. No, 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 no. Yes. Yes, if you if you want to go through the the high speed version of movies five minutes, you have to listen to five minutes of trouble, where we talk about Big Trouble in Little China five minutes each episode, or five minutes of Bonsai five minutes at a time. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it, uh, Rob. I've I've had a great time discussing this film. Yeah, so have I. I appreciate I, you reaching out. I appreciate I appreciate you uh, you saying yes. <laughs> Sure thing. You you had me at yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I mentioned at the beginning of the week that because this was the first time that you've seen Die Hard, so Die Hard 2, is there anything that jumped out at you that, that you know, that you really liked about the movie or that you didn't like about the movie or, you know, that you were able to, to guess or that you were surprised, you know, things like that? Mm. So as I was telling you earlier, yeah, I, I hadn't seen this film before. I had seen the first Die Hard, but it was a long time ago. So I, I watched this, and then after that I went back and I rented uh, Die Hard 1. And, and it's it's striking to see the differences between the two movies. I mean, certainly, you know, they, they found a good formula, and they wanted to emulate a lot of that stuff in the second one. I, I, I felt that there was a surprising amount of profanity, and it felt like – we didn't really need it, but you know, there it was. You know, this is an early '90s film. You want to you get that edginess that you can only get in the movies. Uh, some of the, the the violence was a little surprising too, and just the fact that they dealt with uh, you know like air disasters in the way that they did. It just, I guess, living in a 9/11 post 9/11 world, 
it, it almost seems like they kind of gloss over the tragedy Right. Uh, a whole plane going down and <laughs> Correct. you know like like if a plane goes down then they're like okay we'll just close off that runway and we'll just keep going <laughs> yeah uh, so i mean there were there were certain elements in this movie that uh uh were suspended for dramatic license yeah but it was it was a fun movie to watch entertaining uh you know good good action good uh you know performances overall um I like Die Hard one better just because you kind of get a sense that uh, John's character is more mortal in that one. You know, he's he's bloody. He's kind of like a, an unlikely hero in this case. But here he tends to go a bit more Rambo <laughs> than okay. he did, though, though he does comment quite a bit, that, you know, about, oh, how can this be happening to me again? <laughs> right. <laughs> so kind of like the, the tongue in cheek stuff there. Yeah. Uh, well, and we yeah, were able to guess. We were able to. We were able to guess. You know, the fact that blue light was was part of it. Uh, I, I that that did come as a little bit of a shock. Um, you know, just just the fact that you know the 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 one team. I don't know. I don't want to spoil it, of course, but you know that that the you know the, uh, different loyalties were not exactly where you thought they were. Right. Okay. Actually, uh, the the thing that that surprised me the most was the presence of Dennis France. Yes. As. Uh, as the you know the the, the mean Carmine. cop Carmine. basically yeah, yeah. And, and this was around the same time that he had started NYPD Blue no right? NYPD Blue started four years later 1994 okay not all right a little bit earlier then but I mean it's it's still it's definitely him and yeah I'm, I'm sure that his performance in this uh, didn't hurt his chances of getting a show like that so. no not at all no that was that was fun to see yeah. All right, great. Thank you very much for that insight. As I said, you know, it's it's nice to be able to hear the viewpoint of someone uh, of something that I can never relive. You know, the first <laughs> time of watching Die Hard two. So, yeah. So thank you, thank you for that insight. But but is it a Christmas movie? Is this one a Christmas movie? You know, that's it's. I think this was this is less of a Christmas movie than the first one. <laughs> but I mean, even it has gifts, it's evil gifts, gifts. Yes, nonetheless. Have, but. <laughs> Evil wrapping paper. <laughs> Evil wrapping paper, Ryan. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, <laughs> finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. So, once again, thank you very much, Josh, for, for joining me today. Uh, I yeah, will, thanks for having me. I will be back on Monday with, with a brand-new guest where we will have more things to talk about with uh, Die Hard 2. So everyone have a great weekend, and until Monday, yippee-ki-yay! Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and